Blog Talk Radio. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk there. Alrighty, guys, welcome to the uh, January 22nd edition of Alternative Wrestling Radio. I'm your host, Zombie Matt. Uh, before we get started, before we throw down any plugs or even uh, kick to the first guest, I got a message to a punk motherfucker in San Diego, Gus Parsons. First he ran, uh, what was it, Finest City Wrestling, and then he did this, this bullshit atlas for whatever bullshit this past weekend. Yeah, it was a free show, but you flew motherfuckers out. You haven't paid anybody. You canceled the show. You know what, bitch? You ain't shit, and you need to get the fuck out of the business I love. But enough of the political bullshit. Sorry about the language, Mark, and those that are listening. Uh, this episode of uh, Alternative Wrestling Radio is brought to you by our friends at brownbutterwrestling.com. Um, Brown Butter supports uh, independent wrestlers all over the country, and then some uh, sells their merchandise and and other things. There are things that are in the works as well. There's a comedy show on there. I'm sorry, Corey. I'm a little under the weather. I can't quite remember, but it it stars AJ Kirsch. Um, also, there's an episode on there with uh, Levi Shapiro that's pretty funny. You can find all that at brownbutterwrestling.com. And also, shout out to Joseph DeFalco the Third Studio at uh, JD3 Studio on Facebook. Uh, he helped design the, uh, the 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 Zombie Kid T-shirt that we sell at uh, Brown Butter. And then last off. Um, big shout out to Killjoy Designs on Facebook, Joe at Joe Killjoy Designs, or on Twitter at Killjoy Designs. Uh, he designed the Dawn of the Dead uh, AWR shirt, which is freaking awesome. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm hoping it gets here by Saturday because I have a show in uh, Pacifica that I would love to wear to uh, wear to. Um, and before we patch in, Mark, uh, you can get Alternative Wrestling Radio uh, merchandise at tinyurl.com backslash A-W-R-T-E-E. Um, I don't make anything from doing this. Um, I actually pay to do this. I, I would like to, you know, sell a couple shirts to, you know, kind of even things out to, you know, pay for the blog talk monthly. And, you know, I mean, maybe if I can, uh, you know, get a McNugget meal or something on the outside, I'd, pre- I'd appreciate that. But, but yeah, I'm not whining. I do this for the love of the game. But, you know, sometimes, you know, when that, when that, that money comes out every month for the, uh, for the blog top sub, you know, sometimes the wife gets a little, little antsy about it, but it is what it is. And actually, uh, the wife will be coming out with me this Saturday at Ing- Ingrid B. Lacey Elementary in Pacifica for Gold Rush Pro Wrestling's annual Band Slam event. It's their eighth anniversary show, and I'll be bringing little five-year-old Mikey with me so he can yell that sin sucks. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. Um, you can also get our show archives, tinygirl.com backslash alt wrestling 
Alt W Radio. Um, I've been rambling on too much. Uh, I would like to welcome to the show the man with um, that has created quite possibly the greatest. They're not music videos. They're I don't know what the hell. Uh, I would call them commercials. The Hood Slam one was good. Uh, the one that you did for APW and the and the Cow Palace was freaking awesome. Um, I like to welcome to the show the man, the myth, the legend of cinematography, Mr. Mark Johnston. Welcome to the show, brother. Hello. I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, oh we're live, pal. We are. We are. We are definitely live. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can hear you. How's it going? Thank all you right. All right. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, let, let's talk about those videos first. The one that the one that you did for Hood Slam and the one you did for APW and the, for the Cow Palace. Um, whose ideas did did you did you take and put on the film, or was it kind of your ideas and you you let the powers of be know and you guys kind of came to an agreement but how did that come out Th- those videos were freaking great oh thank you sir uh those were those were kind of a uh mix for me as far as influence goes uh the hood slam one uh i really wanted to put something together that really hyped the show um have you ever been to the warriors game Golden State yes. warriors um, I really got the idea after attending one of their games. Uh, they they have brilliant production there, and they have a really awesome uh, intro video just to get the crowd hyped. And I and I thought, you know what? I think Hood Slam needs something like this. And so I really wanted to put something together that really captured the aura of that show because it gives me goosebumps. I wanted to make something that gave other people goosebumps. Um, it took... Uh, the better part of a year to do um, because I had to get people together and get the right shots that I needed and whatnot. But I would say that's my proudest collaboration to this day. And uh, the ones with the, the, the cow palace highlight reels that you mentioned, uh, those, uh, those needed to be done. Like that was, those were historic nights and Marcus Mm -hmm. Mack busted his ass to make that show, make those shows happen, and so, um, like, I like just even thinking about those nights, those two nights that, that he had there, um, uh, you know, having Ray Mysterio there, Pentagon, Phoenix, Jeff Cobb, all those guys in that in that building all together at once, uh, like that that those needed highlight reels that needed to be done. I do have. I do also have to put over the, the video you did for Stoner U. Um, that's fun. Yeah. That one is the one that I enjoyed the most. And oh yeah, those it, are it, those are those guys' ideas. Like uh, like the Stoners, ah, those guys are just a treat to work with. They knew exactly what they wanted, and when they pitched the idea to me, I said, "I am on board. Say no more," because they they showed me that that old. Uh, WWE commercial where they're all walking to the corporate building and there's Super Bowl flying everywhere and there's just chaos. Super Bowl commercial. I said, say no more, dude. And so I just showed up and we had we had we had a plan. That's the that's that's key when you're putting something together like that. Have a plan, and then you know what to do. And so they they executed it brilliantly, and I I couldn't be happier how it turned out. Yeah, it tells it tells a pretty neat story. You you have a bunch of different people in there, and it highlights um, the different 
flavors of people that came out of Stoner U, and now that Manny Faberino's doing his thing in 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 Florida, that kind of solidifies what the Cuzzies are doing. You know, they they're 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 not just uh, great great workers that get stoned all the time. They're great workers that train people. They're great pu- pu- uh, workers who take care of the business on their own, uh, as well as people that are not their quote unquote students. They you know they have a um, a match night where you can just come in, come in and have a match, get some yeah. ring time. You know, I got to give them all the credit in the world, and they're nice guys. You know, they're 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 nice to me. You know, they don't owe me shit. You know, because because they they broke in when I was on my hiatus from from the Indies. So I was kind of was away, and you know they kind of, they were they were they came in and were doing their thing, and they didn't know me from Jack, but you know what? They're cool dudes, and they they teach properly. They teach the proper etiquette to people, and it's cool, and it's it's good to see that for the all around health of the business, it's good, and you know Manny's they're, leading they're the smart. way. Yes, definitely. They're so they're so clever. They always blow me away with all the stuff that they, with every time I see them. Yeah, definitely a tremendous uh, just human beings. They're good dudes, and they're yes, they're good dudes. That's that's all. Yeah, I, can't, I can't say any more than that. But um, so did you go to Hood Slam this past Friday? This last Friday, unfortunately, I missed that. I was booked someplace else. Um, I wish I could be there every Friday. Damn. Oh wait, wait. Well, hold on. Wait a minute. We were together Friday, were we? <laughs> I was kidding. No. I, was, I was waiting for you. Wait a minute. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I need a vacation. I need a non-wrestling vacation. You know, my, my wife's going to Disneyland with her friend, and then she's going to Hawaii with the girls. I need a getaway, but oh. not for pro wrestling. I, I need to, you know, go, go see a baseball game in Chicago or something. Um, Got to clear my palate. Too much going on. <laughs> I tell you, man. But I tell let, you. Let's, I'm usually I, I, slam, uh, I try to aim for the first Friday shows. Well, yeah, that's the that's the big one. That's the main one. But then they have the splinter shows every you know the other Fridays. And what, what do you think of them doing an all all women show? The glam the glam promotion. I love it. Uh, I think women's wrestling is just in general is going through just an immense revolution right now. I mean, uh, especially like like just. Take out WWE, what they're doing with women's wrestling. You've got so many independent female wrestlers uh, just killing it on the indie scene. Like, look at Shotzi. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at it's to the point where had to leave here. Yeah, but you know, she had to move to the Midwest to continue her career. You know, she's uh, got, got to go where the work is. That's right. But uh, as far as them having a, a women's show, I think that's great. Uh, I was talking with Anton Voorhees recently. Um, we're, we're talking about putting together an intro video intro video for uh, their female show. So that's going to be a really fun collaboration coming up. So, okay, well, you, you mentioned talking about doing a video uh, for the glam. Uh, did you were you thinking of kind of in the glow type of uh, wackiness or uh, highlighting certain performers or are I or are you guys just literally in hey dude I want to do this okay we'll do it kind of face? Well, the idea was just pitched days ago, so it's it's kind of uh, fresh on the, fresh off the press right now. So 
um, really need to start brain. We're in the brainstorming parts right now, so I'm just going to see if I can make it to the next next show, and then we'll just go from there. But we there are definitely some specific performers that I'd like to focus on. Can't say which ones though. It's all good. It's all good. There, the next glam event would be February eighth, and it's aptly titled "A League of Their Own," which I, which I think is freaking awesome. Um, this is a great ground, groundbreaking film, um, but it's also you know it's a pretty good uh, pretty good uh, message from Hood Slam of what they're what they're trying to do with this brand, and, yeah. and I'm glad that they're they're taking it as serious as Hood Slam can take it. Does that make sense? <laughs> Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. Okay, because you know, Hood Flame is tongue in cheek. It, it obviously is, but you know, they're obviously, you know, they're proud of the the ladies that they have that perform for them and the ones that they you know bring in regularly and use. So you know, I mean, it, it's cool. It's good for them. Um, let's uh, let's let's back up to uh, the West Coast Pro Wrestling Show the last time I saw you. And um, how did you get hooked up with Scott? I, I got to hear this story. Uh, really? Uh, I, when I first heard about, uh, West Coast, I was like, oh, like, you know, this, this scene, this is new to me. So, uh, I hit up some of the, some of the, some of the wrestlers that were going to be wrestling. And so I was like, Hey, who runs this? You know? And they say, Oh, hit up this guy. And so I did. And we started chatting and I said, Hey, I'm capable of this and this and this, if I'm a good fit. If you feel like I could, you know, if I'd be a good, you know, photographer for you, like hit me up anytime. And he says, "Oh yeah, definitely." So he gave me a date and a time, and I was like, "I'll be there." Scott's got doing something different there, and I've seen quite a few different indie productions, local and ac- across the country, by whatever means, and he's doing something different. And I loved the venue. It was it was it was awesome, except for you know doing ring crew on that venue was not fun. But in the rain, uh, you know what though? That is what it is. You know you can't always have you know your boards are going to go right to the door, right right to the middle of the the the, the venue. It doesn't always work that way. But it was a beautiful venue. What did you think of the venue and shooting that shooting at that venue? I thought it was really charming. Uh, when you think of an indie show, you think of uh, like a gym. Or a bingo hall. Uh, I don't like that. Was uh, what? What kind of building was that? That was a. Uh, it was a dance hall. I guess you would call it a, a hall. A hall. Yes, a dance hall. Yeah, it was a dance hall. And, yeah, it's, and so when I walked in there, I, I I was like, oh, I like this place already. Just the lighting was unique, and I I I li- really liked how it turned out. I was I when I went up to it before the show, I said, this is a really nice. Nice spot, you know. I'm glad you landed it. And uh, he seemed a little uh, trepidatious at first. I just, I like, I always like to go up to the promoter before the shows and and ask him like, hey, how you doing? You know, how do you feel? Blah blah blah. How's life? And so he mentioned he was a little nervous. I just said, hey, all the pieces are in, all the pieces are in place. They'll, you know, they'll set themselves up now. Like this is all you're doing, so it's all good. But. That place, that place was great. I can't wait to go back there. Scott's in good hands. The oh, ring crew, 
uh, Sparky and his ring and his ring crew are the best in the business. Um, and you know, and the the talent that he's using are you know top of the line, whether from uh, the the guys in the opening match, Jerry Gigolo, um, the mayor of South Francisco, which was a great booking mm-hmm. by the way, and all the way up to Hammerstone and Facade. Uh, I love the new Hammerstone. Uh, it's Tyler from Fight Club. If if you haven't seen Fight Club, he's that's the Brad Pitt character, and it's his promos are freaking awesome. Uh, he's money, and uh, AEW needs to sw- swoop him up and give him money, give Hammerstone money. He's um, so you you took promo pictures and everything uh, right there by the elevator, and that was a pretty cool setup that was there. I was like, oh dude, yeah, I like this. Uh, how was it actually shooting the promo pictures by that elevator? And was did you guys have the gate open when you were taking the pictures or no? No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I at first I was walking around backstage. Uh, I was walking to the kitchen. I'm like, oh, the guys, uh, you know, I was like, I don't know if there's going to be much room for my setup back here. And so I went to the opposite end away from all the you know, chaos. And so that's why I found that stairway. And I'm like, okay, this is a spot. And so. I just set up my lights in the corner, uh, but after I set up the lights, I, I look and I, I look at the, I thought it was just a cage wall, uh, and so I, I like go up against it, and I look down, I was like, that's a freaking mm. elevator shaft, and I, I like started pressing up against it, and it was bending in, I was like, like I'm not telling anybody about this, you know, just, I'm just going to make sure no one touches that, and so, because uh, that was a, what? 20-foot drop. It was like standing at the mm-hmm. top of a hell in a cell or something. Well, we, we, so, were, we, were pushing, we were pushing 16-foot boards from the bottom all the way up. Holy so, shit, yeah, about 20 feet is about right. <laughs> just just because that was the only way we are going to get the boards up for the ring, just because there was no way for them to really fit in the elevator and bring the elevator up. It just wasn't going to happen. So we did one board at a time. You know, good old, old school. You know, hands upon hands. But yeah, I was I was I, I, didn't I, want, when I, didn't I saw the when I saw the setup I was like, Oh shit, he better not have nobody better fall. Um that's I'd say that spot was a little it's a little scary, but just as long as they kept their eyes on me. Like, so are you coming out March first? What was that? Are you coming out on March first? Uh hey actually I need to check my calendar for that. Oh, you know what? I will do that for you, and that's a oh, that's a hood slam day. Oh wait, no, and, uh, pardon me, pardon me. I'm looking at February, uh, March first. Yeah, that is a hood slam day. That's the first Friday. Yeah. Uh, so, we'll be somewhere that day. Yes, we will. <laughs> now, the 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 burning question, Mark. When did you pick up a camera? When did I pick up a camera? Um, mm-hmm. Long time ago. Um, I didn't. I, I started this as a hobby back in college. Um, I, I went to college in Mississippi to play baseball, and in my spare time, there wasn't really much to do there, so it was up to me to find a hobby, and I, that's when I picked up a camera for the first time, and that really became my thing when I wasn't in class or on the baseball field. It was, it was, it it felt right because at the time 
I would say in my last two seasons of playing ball, my passion was dwindling. Uh, it was just getting too competitive and too stressful for me. And so I, the camera stayed in my hand. And I was like, this is, I actually, this is the only thing I enjoy doing now. And so um, I had enough people telling me, you know, don't go to school, don't go to film school, don't go to film school, just, just scour the internet, learn, learn, practice, practice. And I'd say that's the, the beginning of when I really started paying attention to, to film and to photography. Um, it was just, it's, it's crazy how it started as a hobby and now it's my passion. So I, I'd say that's when it started. The the thing is, a, a photographer having an eye is a literal thing, and it, it it's a bad picture, you know. What the, the, like okay that that commercial that's on now about the the flash going on and and the, the the vampire and all that, that's that is a perfect example of what not to do as a photographer, and when it's like same as pro wrestling if it's if it's done right it's a thing of beauty if it's not done right it is not a thing of beauty um when did you figure out that i'm going to because pro wrestling is not easy to 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 photograph it's not you have to kind of figure out kind of feel what the guys and girls are doing so you're kind of going into a flow with them uh when did you figure out that that pro wrestling is a way is a way for you to go um, when I discovered, uh, pro, well, I'd say when I discovered indie wrestling, um, I was, I went to a, it was a, I guess you'd call it a country rock concert at the, uh, the, uh, Pleasanton Fairgrounds at the, uh, at the Alameda Fairgrounds. Pardon. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I wasn't really enjoying myself. I was just kind of there. And so these these people next to me were talking about wrestling, and I just I was, I was like, oh, you know, I like wrestling too, you know. Oh, I got I got people to talk with, you know. And as it turns out, one of them was uh, wrestler Shane Cody from BTW Wrestling, mm-hmm. and we just we hit it off, and he says, hey, you should come check out BTW in uh, Fremont. I was like, there's wrestling in Fremont. What? He goes, there's wrestling everywhere, dude. I said, okay, like I'll check it out. Because at the time, I didn't really understand. I didn't had no concept of indie wrestling. All I knew was WWE or, you know, ECW, WCW. All that's all I ever watched. And so, when I checked when I checked them out, I was like, this is amazing. You know, this is this is uh, like a new world I'm, I'm discovering here. And at the time, I was looking for something that would push me creatively. And when I started actually shooting wrestling, I still felt like people's expect, expectations of it were kind of lacking. Most people were expecting to see your – they weren't expecting to see very eye-catching content coming out of a wrestling event. They expected to see your generic YouTube video of guys doing moves with rock music playing in the background. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to approach it how I would any other professional shoot. And this is, and since I had so much room to maneuver creatively, I was able to explore what I felt works 
what doesn't work and also what I felt was going to be my speciality. And so that was the highlight reels. That, that, those turned into the highlight reels with Foot Slam. Like, what could I find that I could use as my niche in the wrestling world? And so I was like, it's the highlight reels. Hmm. So, so who was, was on your was first big-time show? Who, who was on your first big-time show? My first big-time show. Wow. My first big-time show, I would say it was with, there was, there was Sin, uh, Nicole Savoy was there, Brittany Wonder, Cockamang, Lamperer. Those were good okay. days. Well, the Emperor, that, that kind of gives me a, a, a time frame. So he's currently retired. So that kind of gives me a time frame. He, he's really fun. He was good. Um, him and Kaka were, were really magic together. That, But, uh, you know, that if you I, if you want to go out and support Kirk White, by all means, please, we support all indies here. I personally don't like Kirk White, but that's my problem, but not my listeners or the fans. Go, please. Support your favorite performers. Go support indies. Go buy merch. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to me about not liking Kirk. But so now you you've gone to big time. You've seen that crowd, and you you've have have you gone to non Cal Palace APW shows? Yes, sir. Okay, so I'm assuming you're at either any of the Daily City shows. Um, compare the two crowds, BTW and APW. Uh, hard to compare the two. Um, that's my point. I would say that, that that's my point is that the crowds are completely different, but that's part of the the indie indie experience. That's the whole point is that you can go to different crowds. APW is really rowdy and more of a smarter type fan base. Uh, Gold Gold Rush Pro Wrestling in Pacifica is more of of a uh, younger base because they tend to run in schools. Um, big time are old old fans. Those are grandchildren of Shire's fans. A, a lot of them. So it's it's a it's a vast difference, which is cool, man. That's fine by me. Uh, what what's the the hottest crowd that you've ever been in front of, and what show was it at? Hottest crowd. I would say the hottest crowd I was ever ever in in was a. Uh, it was in Tijuana for the crash. That I hate you. Show or I hate you. <laughs> I hate you again. You don't know how many times I've heard that. Oh, you know. But uh, the crowd down there was just. A, a lot of people call crowds electric. I would say that crowd was nuclear, because excuse me, nuclear. And so, uh, I there was one one guy who was there by the name of Teddy Hart and he was getting the crowd so pissed off that they wanted blood. They were screaming for blood down there and I I could sense the crowd was getting pretty rowdy so I was like, you know what, I'm going to go chill in the corner and just watch this as it happens. And so I, I start walking towards the corner and the crowd is throwing shit into the ring at him. And I was like, oh, darn. And so I'm about to kneel at, in, in one of the corners. And I see this kid 
throw something and it hits me in the right temple. Bam! That kid threw a batter and it hit me in the side of the head. Jeez. And so, but it was like, he looked he looked sorry because I kneeled right in front of him and I was just like, kid, come on, dude. And so You're part of the playing field, bro. Yeah, and so... I'm no, looking up at him, and his, his dad is his dad's apologizing to me. I was like, "I'm fine. I'm it's fine. It's cool. It's cool." And so, and so, but I, I look I look back up at the ring, and the ring is just drenched in drinks, in garbage, and Teddy is just he's loving it. And I had never seen a crowd so hot before in my life. It's called Tijuana Heat. Um, it it happens. Not often, but it does happen. Um, some of the worst stuff was in 93 and 94 with Art Bar and Eddie Guerrero as the Los Gringos Locos, uh, where there were riots. And again, in 97, uh, there was there were riots too. And Tijuana is pretty crazy. Uh, and to be honest, it takes a set to, you know, not just being a gringo going down there to watch the show, but I mean, down on the floor photographing. I mean, I, I, I worry when Josh Garcia goes down, and he's Mexican. You know, it's it's. I'm like, dude. You know what? It it could get pretty heated. Um, but on the other hand, the action is is something that you will not see anywhere uh, because they don't care about political, you know, who you're with or whatever. As far as companies, they book what they what they want to see. So the the product is amazing, and, and I, I'm just I'm hoping for them to at least get on Twitch. You know, get into some type of a building that has a decent internet connection. But you know, I, a, a guy could wish. So, um, what, what are you doing this coming weekend? This weekend, um, I wish I was shooting wrestling, but I, uh, I'm shooting just uh, just normal photo shoots. Like I've got two fashion photo shoots. And hopefully some MMA, uh, some MMA gigs coming up in the next week. Good, but a lot of people think I just shoot wrestling, but I shoot a lot of uh, fashion and glamour stuff. Yeah, I kind of figured that you were you were uh, well-rounded as far as uh, your work. But uh, speaking of your work, um, let's uh, let's get out plugs and and how can people contact you about shooting their wedding or um, you know booking you to uh, uh, shoot a bar mitzvah. Well. If someone wants to get in contact with me, you can find me on Instagram at MJ underscore cinema. And you can also find me on Instagram at Luchatographer. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it was it was a pretty good discussion, Mark. Um, hopefully, uh, I'll be seeing you soon. Most likely at, uh, maybe hopefully, 2-1 for APW uh, for Killer Whale. I don't know if you're going to come out or if you're going to be uh, on the other side of the bay. But we will... Uh, We'll run into each other again, and uh, it was great having you on. You too, man. Thank you for having me. Oh, it was my pleasure. My pleasure. And uh download link will be up about 10 o'clock, so I will uh, be talking right to you on. soon. Thank you, sir. All right, you got it. Okay, that was Mark Johnston. Um, it's kind of interesting to have a photographer on. Um, we're, we're going – this is kind of an unusual show. Uh, we're, we're going to have you know a photographer, a member of the media, as well as a – a fellow podcast uh, uh, producer, host, or well, not host, but he's the producer. But uh, hang on the line there, uh, Cindy. I, I need to throw out 
some uh, some birthday wishes here. I'd like to wish a happy birthday out there to my boy at West Coast Designs, Steve McCrickard. Happy birthday, kid. Uh, if you need any designs done, flyers, um, tickets, things like that, uh, also some T-shirts, uh, West Coast is your man. He does a lot of stuff for quite a lot of different companies. I'm not going to put them all over because I don't have that kind of time. But you can get them at West Ghost on Twitter, Facebook, and all that. So uh, also congratulations on the the baby on the way. Um, if I remember right, it's child number four for the West Ghost household. But congratulations. And also a birthday wish to former guest who I just saw this past uh, Sunday in Pacheco, uh, DJ Fresh. Uh, happy birthday, Andre. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, kid, and uh, I'm still amazed that you're not even in a year. But that's not the big one. The big one is this past Friday, at, or was it It was Saturday? Yeah, it was Saturday at PCW Ultra down south. My boy, Douglas James, under 70 days after hip surgery, returned to the ring. Douglas, we are extremely happy that you have come back. Uh, you're one of the good ones. You're a good kid. You're humble. Uh, you have time for fans, uh, media, and everybody else in between. Uh, hopefully you'll get in the car on uh, February 1st and come up with Jake. We make it a four-way. Fuck it. Come on up. Um, you guys should steal the show and make some magic. But once again, I'm very happy that uh, that uh, DJ is uh, feeling a lot better and he's back in the ring. So uh, let's welcome to the show. I've had female performers. I've had uh, a a country music singer on that was on the Nashville TV show. I have never had a member of the media, but I would like to welcome a, the YouTube, a YouTube contributor to NoDQ.com, Miss Cindy Gonzalez. How are we doing tonight, Cindy? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. Just had a long day of everyday life. But yeah, how about you? Got the fireplace going, got my dog on the couch. It's all good. I'm ready for a 40-degree night. It's going to be cold. But you know what? It is what it is. I sleep with two hot ladies, my dog and my wife. Um, so I'm prepared for the cold. And, you know, and just uh, getting through this show, not feeling too hot, but doing what we need to do. Um, but let's, let's talk about uh, how you got involved in pro wrestling. First, I'm, okay, first, how did you become a fan? I know it's it's a stupid usual question, but I actually have a line of questioning. So, well, I'm glad that you asked me. Well, I've been a a long time wrestling fan on and off since 1999. It all started when it was on a bus ride home after school. There's this kid sitting right next to next to me. We're playing his. He was playing. Um, sorry, I get a little bit nervous when it's the first time being interviewed, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I saw he has his action figure that he was playing, and the first action figure I seen him playing was actually Triple H. And so I asked him, what are you playing? And he said, he's playing wrestling. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And he showed me this action figure, Triple H, and another action figure that I vaguely don't remember about it because it was, like, so long ago. So once he filled me in about what is WWE, or at the time it's WWF, I got very interested until he asked, he told me, watch Monday Night Raw. And so one night when my parents were asleep, I sneak in to the living room, 
and look for the channel, and lo and behold, Monday Night Raw airs. So ever since watching that first episode, I've been becoming a longtime fan ever since. And so I stopped watching it in 2005 because of the death of Eddie Guerrero, which is like kind of hit close to home because Eddie is one of my favorite wrestlers. And then I started watching again a year later until this whole Chris Benoit situation happened that I kind of stopped watching altogether until I started watching it back again in 2011, all because of CM Punk's infamous pipe bomb. So I've been watching WWE since 1999 on and off, but regarding with independent wrestling, I started watching it since 2010, but just like with YouTube clips and what I saw on YouTube. I wonder what Hammerstone's going to think when I tell him on March 1st that you were that you saw a kid playing with his action figure in 1999. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that would be shocking. Well, no, oh, no, 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 really. You know, he he went for a tryout, you know, he went and then whatever, and, and then after the tryout he cut his hair. So I, I'm just saying, you know, real. I mean, he really looked, he would go by single H. But that's hmm. just a rib on a square. So you you mentioned Eddie Guerrero. Um, that is a, a a pretty difficult subject for me to discuss um, because mm-hmm. we we were at one of his final SmackDown matches uh, for TV, and we actually spent time with him after the show. And uh, yeah, that was that was that was rough. And the Benoit thing was really really hard on me personally because yeah. he was one of my favorites, and I have still not been able to watch a Chris Benoit match. And I don't think I'll ever be able to. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, like, with everything that is going on, it's like, I can't believe this is happening. Especially, like, what right during, like, the middle of the storyline with the whole Ms. McMahon's um, limbo and limo explosion death, it's like, mm-hmm. whoa. Then what's going to happen in the fourteenth of the future of wrestling in general? And so it kind of sent me to, like, an off tone. of like, okay, I just need to stop watching wrestling altogether just to clear my mind off and all that. Uh, yeah, it's it's like a very difficult sub- subject to talk about till this day. <coughs> so how did you find the indies? Just well, going through YouTube and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the first independent wrestling company I saw is well, at the time when I was watching WWE, and then, of course, I have to admit, I did watch Impact Wrestling. At the time, it was total nonstop wrestling or TNA. Um, I was, like, scrolling through. Like, I know that TNA had, like, they used to have, like, a developmental partner, like, with Ohio Valley Wrestling. So the first thing I saw, like, first ever indie wrestling company on YouTube is Ohio Valley Wrestling. And that was, like, in the early um 2010 and I it got me blown away and then some of my friends told me to check out Ring of Honor so I did watch some of the Ring of Honor matches some New Japan Pro matches but like clips of it until that in 2017 I decided to to take a break from everything and I went and spent six months in Canada spending time with my best friends because I've my best friends over there, which I consider them as my family, they told me about this one independent wrestling company that 
they attended since 2014, and it's called Alpha One Wrestling, which that was actually like my first independent wrestling company that I ever attended while I was in Canada for six months, like from March to September of 2017. Just, you know, to get everything out of the way, especially like what's going on in this state, which I don't want to talk about politics and all that stuff, but it is what it is. But yeah, and the moment I went to the first ever independent wrestling show, and also they filled me in on like what is the company is all about, especially past matches, especially like the whole range of DVD collection. Two of my best friend Brian and Brandon C um, showed showed me like most of the collection, and then ever since watching it live, it was really amazing to say at least. I'm about to blow your mind, kid. When I for, when I was a tape trading head in the '90s. And the, one of the, some of the first indies I saw were from the East Coast, and and we were trading, and we would I would get go to uh, Japanese uh, video stores here in downtown San Francisco in the in Japantown, and I'd bring the tapes home, dub them, and send them out and trade for uh, you know East Coast indies and stuff like that. So we actually had to get tapes, and we had to wait for tapes to be sent to us instead of DVDs and and YouTube. Kids nowadays are so lucky. Uh, performers yep. nowadays are so lucky they have YouTube on their phone. I mean, we had to wait weeks for tapes to come. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, especially as slow as media mail is, you know, try to keep the cost down for shipping. It just takes, you know, three weeks to get a tape. And I, it, it it was so different. But we, you know, we appreciated it because it was things that were different than us. And, you know, yeah. we learned that way about, about indies. And, you know, and then now, you know, we're we're in the middle of a boom, which is amazing. Um, it was kind of quiet when I came when I came into the indies out here um, before the boom, and then I, I took a break from from doing. I, I'm in my second incarnation of my podcast. I, it's been over ten years, but I, I took a six year break. I was burning out, so it was mm. it was kind of kind of quiet at the beginning, and now it's a boom. I mean, it's it's to the point where. You know, I, 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 people, I have to. Tr- <laughs> people are trying to get me to pay them to come on the show. I'm like, you're out of your mind. You Whoa, know, you really? Get out of your- uh, no, 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 no. Thank you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give any names or anything. I'm not gonna bury anybody that that doesn't deserve burying. But you know, it's it's. We're lucky. Okay, we are. There are so many shows in a coming weekend, especially here in Northern California. Uh, you know, and also in, in the Midwest and, you know, the, the lower Canada. And, of course, there's the East Coast. But we're booming. And it's amazing. And you, you came on board at the right time. So you are you are reaping the benefits of, you know, of uh, all these companies that were, that were pushing, you know, to get, get things going. California used to be an island. It used to literally be an island for professional wrestling. No one really got out of here. But now it's, you know, people. People are all over. I mean, Cobb's gone. Cobb left us. He, you know, yep. he's going to New, he's New Japan and, and Ring of Honor, and PWG, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, we are lucky, and there are going to be others that will be leaving. So those that are listening, get out to your local indie as soon as possible because there will be talent leaving. All Elite is signing people. Ring of Honor signing people. New Japan, uh, WWE, everybody's signing up. Um, yep. So. This is actually coming full circle. 
what, what are your opinions on the All Elite brand? Do you think it's going to work? In your in your opinion, do you think it's going to work? And do you think they're going to come here? Well, for my opinion about all of the wrestling, at first, when I found out on when New Year's hit that all of the wrestling's happening, I was very ecstatic that it's about to be happening. Especially, I couldn't have even been more proud of Matt and Nick Jackson, also Cody Rhodes as well. And speaking of Cody, I actually met him twice when I was in Canada where he was a he was part of the Alpha One Wrestling roster as like a guest appearance, but he wrestled in that company like I would say four or five times frequently. But I couldn't have been more proud of him and the way that him, Matt and Nick Jackson are like trying to to get everything happen, especially with the success of All In. I knew for a fact that something is gonna be up. They're probably gonna have like another wrestling company so to see at least like will it's going to work all i can see is time with hell because as of right now they're sunny and more and more talent and they're doing it in the right step at a time especially the only thing i'm very happy for who they signed they finally signed joey janela and Penelope before because joey janela was actually the first indie star that actually seen him live at alpha one wrestling back in 2017, and couldn't have been more happy about him. I'm happy about, like, other talents, too. I'm actually very familiar with MJF because he did wrestle in Alpha Wrestling a couple times. He's actually part of the roster. And especially the fact that you guys have more of, like, the love-hate relationship towards the gimmick, especially for other talents as well. So, it's definitely going to work based on, like, who they're signing with, especially, like, the business aspect as well. But, again, time will tell how's it going to be. And hopefully, even though they announced the, um, they have a show in Vegas and then the show in Jacksonville, maybe the next show possibly going to be either in California or in Chicago because the first all-in is in Chicago last year. So, We'll see. That's all I can say, but I'm very hopeful that's going to work out great. Now, I'm going to explain to you why Impact was not as successful and that All Elite will have learned from Impact's mistakes. Yep. Cody Rhodes is not a moron. He knew what he was doing when he got released. He went to a bunch of different companies and he worked with everybody, he learned areas, he worked with local promoters, he worked here with Marcus Mack to fill the Cow Palace for a cage match. I mean, even before that show, he drew, you know, he packed, you know, uh, uh, gyms for APW. He's gone. They've gone all over, and they're still showing it. They went to bar wrestling, and they went to Defy. They are showing the fans and the performers and the companies that, hey, we are indie. We we may be having our own company, but we are indie. And they're getting their street teams together f- to run a show in, say, Seattle or to run a show in San Francisco. They're they're smart. They're working with people, mm-hmm. and that way it's easy it's easier to work with people than to push them around. And that's the difference. TNA wanted to to bully people into you know hosting their shows mm-hmm. or 
or a signing talent, whatever. You know, the the thing is, the the Bucks and Cody, you know, and and everybody else that's involved with with All Elite is that they did the groundwork before. They knew what they were doing. They built a foundation mm-hmm. even before All In. They built that foundation, that relationship with partners. Now, I'm I'm going to say this on the air. They're going to get with Marcus Mack to run the Cow Palace. Do you know why? They can because they have the relationship with Mack. They have the relationship with the building. Okay? It is what it is. I I mean, I'm not speaking out of turn. Marcus Mack is a very dear old friend of mine. I'm being straight and honest that these, these guys, they knew what they were doing. And they played all their cards right. And they're they're you know, they're they're geniuses for it. You know, and, and not to mention, you know, um their families too. I mean, even the families are involved. You know, uh, uh Dana is doing merchandise for them, which is freaking amazing. Um yeah. you know, I mean they even they even uh, uh got that side deal with, with Hot Topic for all elite merchandise, which is mm-hmm. better than anything anybody ever had that's not Vince. So it's just uh, it's just amazing that the groundwork that they they did here. So, the, well, what do you think about what I just what I just mentioned? Does that make sense to you? Definitely. I mean, knowing the fact that Cody and the Bucks were like working like with other promotions, like doing just a, you know each of the companies, you can tell that like knowing for a different aspect of it. I know for a fact that they're definitely going to go into the right way. As long as, like, they can scatter, like, who are each of the talents are, what are the companies are getting by, and all the above for that. I'm I'm kind of hoping that the NWA comes on board with All Elite because I would like okay. to have that, that title belt be brought around to more companies – and defended there should I, I I've always loved the idea of the touring champion uh Rick Flair going to different territories and defending against their top guy mm-hmm. I've always loved that fact because the guy the top guy that's defended against will come out better on the other end and it it keeps things healthy and um you know there's there's always that chase and that's kind of you know I mean you could do personal you could have personal issues but there's there should always be a chase too and it just this makes too much sense, and I'm not saying put the title back on Cody. Uh, you can do it with Aldis. I mean, Aldis is very well-rounded, and, and you know, um, you know, uh, a Nikki James, as I like to call him, and I got blocked from Twitter for it, but that's okay. Nikki James uh-huh. can, can, you know, he can work well with others. Uh, I just like the, the the touring champion idea. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do. Um, do you okay. think they're gonna get TV or? Well. I hope so. I mean, I know there has been a lot of reports that they're getting a TV deal from, like, three different networks, but it all comes down to how they're going to do well in for Double or Nothing this upcoming May. But, mm-hmm. I don't, and the question is, will it be, like, what Ring of Honor is airing or New Japan Pro? That is, like, a very interesting question. Okay. We don't know. That's yeah. that's that's kind of an issue. We don't know if it's going to be a studio type show or, uh, you know, something with tape footage from you know from a big arena or from you know a high school gym. We we don't know, 
but that you know that's what the press releases are going to be for when they when they announce a TV deal. I don't have any information. I just I'm just okay. an observer, subscriber. I, I don't know nothing. I don't know anything. I mean, I've been accused of knowing stuff, but I don't know anything. I know nothing, mm-hmm. and I, I like it that way. I don't want nothing to do with it. That's that's not my thing. If you know, if you want to come on my show and plug whatever you want to plug, that's fine. I'll retweet whatever you want. That's fine too. But you know, that's I'm not gonna not gonna uh, drop any scoops on in for anybody. You know, that's not yeah. my place. But I, I just I just hope that you know that they Ali Lee puts out a true alternative. Unlike Impact or TNA, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, they need to be a true alternative with an enjoyable product that could be enjoyed by casual or non-wrestling fans. That's the thing is they want to they got to hook the casual fan because the you know the hardcore fan you're going to get two hundred thousand two hundred thousand views or whatever per week with the hardcore fan you need to get the you know the the uh, Casuals, but let's 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 get off all elite. Um, when you mention to people that you know that that you are a contributor for No DQ, uh, what do they think? You know, you're a girl after all, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying you're a girl. Well, they actually don't mind it at all. Well, the funny thing is how I got into NoDQ.com. Well, I've been a long time follower to NoDQ.com, or as they call it, like their followers or subscriber, whatever, their fan base, um, No DQ Galaxy. So I've been part of the No DQ Galaxy since late 2011, and I've been watching, like, the No DQ and a videos to, like, the Christmas video review videos and all the above. And so one day um, I saw it on Twitter, and that was in the summer of 2017. While I was still in Canada, um, I remember Aaron Riff, who is the owner of NoDQ.com. Um, Hi, Aaron. He wrote out a tweet. Hey, Aaron. He's <laughs> the best boss ever, by the way. And a hey, brother. Hey, you got to kiss the boss's ass. It is what it is. <laughs> he's actually a, he's actually a good friend slash brother that I never had. But yeah. Anyway, so I saw his post on Twitter and also on the Facebook page saying that they're looking for for people that want to be part of, like, the guest panel to discuss different topics, like um, greatest pay-per-view of all time, worst heel turn, best heel turn, all the above. Um, Just send in a less than two-minute video explaining who you are and about fan of wrestling, whatever that is, like, anything related to, and send in via email. So I sent in my almost two-minute video of who I am, how long I've been a wrestling fan, especially how long I've been subscribing to NoDQ.com. And a little backstory of it, before the name NoDQ.com, it was, so NoDQ.com established 21 years ago, November of 98, 1998. Um, yeah. And before it was NoDQ.com, like the domain name, it was WWF. WCW.com, and then a couple years later, it got changed to ExtremeMayhem.com, and then a couple years later, I don't remember what year it is on the top of my head, um, they changed the domain, domain name, name to NoDQ.com, and that's where the name has coming from, but like the whole website and everything's been on since 1998. So anyway, um, back to like how I got 
and with NerdyGeek.com. So after sending my two-minute video, um, Aaron Rev did see the video, and he asked me when I'm going to be available to do um, the panel and which topic I would like to be part of. So my two topics are one is worst, um, worst gimmick or greatest heel turn of all time. So I choose greatest heel turn of all time because, of course, I the only three heel turns I remember, like top of my head that I would love to discuss, one of them would be the whole Shawn Michaels heel turn against Marty Jannetty. That was one of them. Also, like the whole Hulk Hogan um, heel turn when he was in WCW, mm-hmm. and that's when the birth of Hollywood Hogan. And third, it was um, Tomasa Ciampa's heel turn to Johnny Gordano at the first Chicago takeover. So that was like three three things that it popped in my ha- mind, and I was like, oh wait, greatest whole turn of all time. So that, and then from there on, I was just a guest panelist just for that one video of 2017. Even though I was kind of like nervous, just like I am a little bit, but I know it's starting to warm up. But um, a lot of people people like what I have to say. And I do have some trolls, but hey, troll will be trolls, whatever. And yeah, so I made that one-time appearance on NoDQ.com in 2017 until like I got I got a message from another NoDQ.com contributor who actually lives in Northern California. His name is Kyle, but his um, nickname is Interstate Kyle. He used to live in Tracy, but now he lives in Lake Tahoe. Um, him and his grandpa, um, which. His name is Gary, but we call him Stone Cold Grandpa because of, like, his no-nonsense filter. But, yeah. Anyway, um, Kyle messaged me on Twitter um, praising me for my appearance and everything else. And then from there after that, all, all of us became friends. And then Kyle and I did collaborate together. Kyle has a um, separate YouTube channel besides NoDQ.com where he does, like, um, driving videos to, like, different places over on California, but also other states as well. And then I have, like, my own personal YouTube channel as well, where I mainly did, like, WWE friction video, review videos, also independent wrestling hype videos, like, either with myself or with two of my brothers, um, Brian, and also another good buddy of mine, Tyler, as well, which both of them lives in Canada, by the way. So, yeah, so I met with Kyle, and then actually, um, while we were hanging out, he actually FaceTimed Aaron Riff, and it was on Thanksgiving 2017 as well, so we all hang out, talk, and all that stuff, too. And then he introduced me to another contributor, which he was also in the panel video. His name is Jeff Meacham. Great guy, by the way. He's like the big brother that I never had also. And, yeah, and so... So, yeah, so we all became friends, but I've even appeared on NoDQ.com just besides the guest panel until um, Kyle introduced me to another two members of the NoDQ.com contributor, um, Big G, Jeff with a G, and Tyler Joseph Smith, or we call him TJS for short. Um, so we all decided to just have, like, a collaborative group together just for, like, popping up to, like, different videos because now the NoDQ.com staff is in full swing, even though we're just getting, adding more new people to the crew. But, hey, the more the better. Different insight, different wrestling fans. So, 
Yeah, and so from there on, my official NoDQ.com debut as part of the, contrib- the YouTube contributor was actually last year for the WrestleMania 34 predictions video, not predictions video, um, review video that I did with Jeff. And from there on, um, I became a regular NoDQ.com YouTube contributor ever since, like for predictions video, review video, sometimes for panel video or discussion videos. Yeah. Hmm. That's all happened. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting way to break in. That, that, yep. You know what? That's cool. You know, some people literally stumble in. Some people have to, you know, pay their dues. Some people, you know, just uh, sleep with one of the boys. But, you know, that that's... That is definitely a, a, a new uh, a new way that that I've heard of someone breaking the you know the reporting end of the business. Um, where do you see yourself in five years? Do you you know are you going to uh, say branch off and cover just women, or or you know did you do you think you're going to stay uh, with no DQ or uh, maybe get on staff with a with a large independent based out of Jacksonville? I, I don't know. Well, what do you see in your future? Well, five years from now, first of all, number one, five years from now, I'll be married and having kids, of course. <laughs> yeah, I am actually currently engaged to my wonderful fiancé, which he actually lives in Canada. Hi, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, so we've been together for um, almost two years as of June of this year, this upcoming June of this year. So, yeah, marry, have kids, but also I still... I'm still going to definitely continue on to just be part of NoDQ.com. We actually have two female contributors that are joining to our team in September of last year, and that's when the whole, like, ladies of NoDQ.com has been born ever since. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So for that, but also, like, you know, interviewing, like, other of the top stars, as my goal is just to spread more of, like, this wonderful independent wrestling talent, especially stars that you've seen WWE and whatnot as well. From that, therefore, especially doing everything behind the scenes. So, well, ideally, um, just continue on what I'm doing at, at best. Like, five years from now, like I said, marry, have kids, hopefully, but also staying with NoDQ.com, but I also wanted to grow this website to how it is as well. But it's all based on you know, how all of us are working collectively together as a team because we are one big happy family. Especially like last year it was the 20th anniversary since NoDQ.com launched and we had a meetup in Los Angeles during Survivor Series weekend. It was just me, Aaron, Jeff Meacham, um, Kyle and Stone Cold Grandpa were the only team up because, like, everybody else is, like, branched out into, they live in different states, like, mainly in the eastern part of the state and the southern part of the state as well. And we also have two of our NoDQ.com contributors um, that, li- that lives in South Africa. country. One of them lives in um, Halifax, North Scotia, and the other one lives in a island in the British territory called Gibraltar. Sorry, David, if I botched it. But, yeah, so hopefully with NoDQ.com, we can definitely grow into, like, one of our very – it's already a very well-known wrestling website as it is, and it should be as it is 
for that, but that's just me speaking as just a person of myself, but also going more to, like, covering more news, like, like what's going on with WWE, also with AEW. I know they're going to do pretty well for the next five years as well, like, and the question I get a lot is, will AEW is going to be a competition for WWE? Nope. I'm just saying, nope, because WWE is just one of those companies that's been, yeah, exactly. For AEW, you just can't. have like a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you see as a competition for Impact Wrestling or Ring of Honor in New Japan? Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> well, Cindy, yeah. you survived. You survived. Yeah. You went a half hour, and uh, you know you didn't break down crying. You didn't throw things against the wall, or you didn't curse me at all. But um, hopefully, it wasn't. It was a painless. It, was a painless interview. It was a nice interview. It was something completely different than what we get on the show. But that was the whole. That's the whole point of this this episode, where we're going in a completely different direction on this one. Um, I needed to uh, kind of clean my palate as far as indies are concerned. So I figured I'd, I'd go without any indie performers. We'll go with people you know that that do other things with the business. Um, let's get out some plugs. Mm-hmm. Let's plug uh, plug the main No DQ website, the Pro Wrestling Tees uh, links, and then your Twitter and all that fun stuff. All right, guys. So, first of all, you guys can follow me at nodq.com slash Cindy. That's going to take you directly to my Twitter page where I give my opinions of, like, certain, like, tweets and whatnot in the world of wrestling. Also, make sure to follow me at simply underscore C underscore OK, where I do photo arts of, like, landscape, but also with the um, wrestling-related pictures as well, which I still got to post a picture for them. West Coast um, Pro Wrestling. I'm kind of falling behind because of school and work, but yeah. And also, make sure to follow my personal YouTube channel. Well, I actually have two YouTube channels. One of them is my personal YouTube channel, at simply underscore C underscore OK, which I'm actually going to be posting a vlog of my independent wrestling adventures to West Coast Pro Wrestling as a fan. And also the second channel where me... My best friend, Brian and Tyler, shout out to you guys. We do our collaborative independent wrestling hype videos, which our channel is called Tyson Poppy Production as well. And also, do not forget to go to nodq.com slash shirts. That's going to take you directly to the pro wrestling t-stores where you guys can find any of the nodq.com personality t-shirts especially yours truly, that's well. And also make sure to follow everybody from NoDQ.com. And this is going to be a long list. So Aaron Riff, Jeff Nietzsche, Greg Cherry, Virtue, Interstate Kyle, TJS, Big G or Jeff, Chris Cass, a.k.a. medium-sized Cass, um, K-Fit Candiac, Caitlin, Aaron with an E, not an A, um, David Diaz, Noah Foster, Stephen Osborne, Jerry Slaughter, um, James Hebert, and let me think one more person, and Josh, a.k.a. Son Goku Shin. So make sure to follow everybody. You can find it on NoDQ.com, social media page on Facebook, Instagram, and also the YouTube channel. And do not forget, make sure to follow NoDQ.com for all the latest news in WWE and other wrestling-related news. Wow. 
That was a mouthful. But I will be seeing you soon. We'll run into each other very soon. I'm pretty sure it will be a killer whale. Um, yep, I'll two, be. One. I got my ticket. There you go. So do I. Uh, but before I kick you off, I'm, I'd like to, to throw a shout-out to Corey Smith out there, City Wrestling Radio, on Facebook, CWR415. Uh, Corey's a good kid, and give their show a listen. Uh, once again, Cindy, it was it was great having you on. It was, uh, like I said, some, something completely different, but different's okay. But I will be talking to you soon, and have a good evening. You too. Thank you for having me. Cheers, y'all. All right, have, have a good one. Bye. All righty. That was Cindy Gonzalez of NoDQ.com. Uh, kind of an interesting interview. Um, something completely different. Um, a younger woman's take on, on indie wrestling is it's freaking cool. But... You know what, before we actually uh, yeah, let me play a commercial real quick before we patch in Lou. Lou, I know you've been, hold, been on hold for a minute, but just give me a second. It's the brown budsy, the lovesy dovesy, one and only brown butter. Matt the man man sliding me 20 seconds here to let you know all the sorcery that brown butter wrestling is conjuring up. And it simply cannot be done because everything doesn't fit into 20 seconds. And you already know that brown butter makes everything better. We make merch for pro wrestlers and promoters who care about the quality of the goods they're selling their fans. For the love of the sport of stories that is pro wrestling. We sell that merch and more on brownbutterwrestling.com. Coming later this month to your screens, we're producing Shows Over with AJ Kirsch, a weekly pro wrestling comedy news show with videos submitted by you, the fans. That might be enough for some, but this is brown butter, and it gets even better, cupcakes, so stay tuned. So says the brown budsy. So says brown butter. I love Corey Brown's... um commercial every time every time i pop for it's good stuff but you can find our t-shirts alternative wrestling radio actually has t-shirts out kids go figure uh that would be tinyurl.com backslash a w r t e e buy a shirt i need the money i gotta pay for this uh this endeavor here and finally it's time for our main event i'd like to welcome the newest producer of the arcadian vanguard podcast network and a longtime Northern California wrestling fan and noted Giants fan, Mr. Lou Kibbleman. How are you doing, Lou? Ah, I am. I am quite well, Zombie Matt. How are you? Uh, I'm getting old, man. I can't can't keep doing this shit, but I'm going to keep doing it because I love it. But <laughs> wow, can you believe <laughs> you know, Mo Rivera? Can you believe that? All unanimous. He gets 100 percent. Unbelievable. I mean, we First all. Everybody in the mother knew he was going. Yeah. Well, we knew he was going. Oh, sure. But yeah, you, you figured there would be some uh, crusty, uh, you know, uh, counter logical uh, writer among the ranks who would who would nitpick and say, "Well, no, no, not this year." But no, everyone was in agreement. Now, were you surprised with the other three? Hmm. Well. I would say yeah, Musina. I, you know, I haven't exactly followed him closely over his career. Um, Doc Halliday, I, I could definitely see him making a case, and of course, given the circumstances over the past year, 
Um, it's easy to see how that swung. Um, and Edgar Martinez, he's, uh, you know, uh, people always dinged him for playing the majority of his career as a DH, but, you know, this, the DH has been in Major League Baseball for 45 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I don't think that's, I, I don't think that's a necessary necessarily a good criticism. The you know that spot is there on the roster for a reason. So why not give it to somebody who was dedicated to hitting? Well, Edgar Martinez owes quite a debt to Brian Kenny, Moby Network, the you know the man mm-hmm. behind the whole saber saber matter. I still don't understand half that shit, but the his <laughs> numbers compute. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, I trust Brian Kenny. If he says it's okay, it's okay. And it's, I mean, I've, I've been a fan of Brian Kenny since boxing on ESPN. So he's always known his shit. So I, you right. know, I believe it. So this seems to be the beginning of the sabermetrics um, era of people coming into the Hall of Fame, which is great. Um, yeah. Now let's let's talk local um, bonds. Uh, he didn't move up much. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, he's still the best baseball player I have ever seen play, regardless of whatever he did. He's still yeah. the best ball player I have ever seen. Without um, doubt. He was just, yeah, he was phenomenal. With, with, with Ricky Henderson, a very close second. And Yeah, I'm with you there. You know, where individually they could change the flow of a game. And not many players can say that. And uh, yeah. I think it's not—it's not so much the PEDs anymore. It's the the bitter feelings with the media. Uh, you know, it's like, come on, get over it. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. You've got to, yeah, probably. So, uh, you know, if I had to compare it to, you know, any other retired player, I'd say maybe Albert Bell, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of having an antagonistic relationship throughout their career with the media. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, just because, how can you have the greatest ball player not in there? I, I that I've seen, I, you know, and it, uh, just yeah. me. It, it's not so much, you know, Barry did what he did, but yeah. you know, you have to kind of look at the whole game at the time as well. And he never got popped for a test. Right. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, there was no testing, and you know. It was the wild, wild west, and he wasn't the only one. Right. And I'm not saying, you know, there are people that are in the hall that were not clean. And I'm not just talking steroids. So, I mean, I'm talking, you know, amphetamines. You know, they were rampant. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, that the PED thing, arguments, it's it's a joke. It's 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 the, the bitterness of the media. But let's, let's not break things down, damn it. Let's talk about Derek Holland <laughs> signing his contract. Um, well, or the lack of the Giants signing anybody. Uh, do, do you think they're going to grab someone after Machado and Harper signs? <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. I don't know. I look at a, you know, I, I was just looking over the kind of the depth chart for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the players they have uh, today. Mm-mm. And it's like, Mm-mm. yeah, the, the starting rotation is kind of threadbare. And yeah, 
outfield all around, I think is, ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, young, well, I, I'll just say, to put it charitably, young and unproven. So, all right, I'll you give know, you that. You get, yeah, uh, you know, the infield still, you know, really good with Belt Panic, Longo, and, and Brandon Crawford. Uh, Posey, you know, I'd, I'd imagine Posey will platoon at first a lot more, but yeah, it's uh, certainly, uh, certainly and, and you know, the Giants, I don't think ever necessarily uh, struck fear into the hearts uh, of their opponents offensively, you know, for for the part of the decade where they won three World Series, but um, you know, I don't see at least there was pretty damn strong pitching, and I like what I saw last season with Derek Rodriguez and you know, mm-hmm. to a lesser extent Andy Suarez. Uh, but, you know, and the Giants are still on the hook for big money for, like, Samarja and okay. Bumgarner. And, right. Well, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see about Samarja. We're paying we'll Cueto to rub his elbow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I still don't understand how that works. I, I just don't know. I mean, the guy got hurt, so he, he literally hurt himself. Right. I don't understand how the Giants could be on the hook for that money because he literally hurt himself. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I don't understand yeah. the rules. That's well, that's that's why they have big insurance policies, I think the <laughs> the teams take out. Um that that good old uh, Lloyds of London <laughs> gimmick. Um jeez. Oh, <laughs> Kurt Hennig special. <laughs> oh yeah, guy. Kurt Hennig, Rick Rude, Animal. Yeah, the, the, the whole Minnesota mafia. Pretty uh, much. Yeah, but uh, you know, I just one can only hope for a moonshot. Maybe that now that they uh, uh, cut that meathead Hunter Strickland loose, maybe they'll uh, oh. you know take take a shot at at Harper. But who knows? Mm. I consider that a, a remote faint hope, just yeah, as a it's... very. Uh, uninformed outsider. Highly unlikely. Just, I really don't see him going. I see him probably going to the Dodgers, but, you know. Yeah. We'll see. Right. But wherever, I just want them to sign because they're holding everybody up. I know. It screws up the market. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and we're coming up on what about three weeks until pitchers and catchers report. Yep. That, that We're just hurt. about there. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you, you know, you mentioned that then. Yeah. It's things, things need to move. Things need to happen. So. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> How about let's talk about better, uh, more happy stuff. Um, sure. Well, I, I remember you, you mentioned on – I don't remember which Facebook group book it was, but you mentioned about your first memory of, of wrestling out here. And it was it was in the Cow Palace. It was a Vern show. Yep. And I, I found the show, the results. I posted them. I can't remember it. Um, I what saw was the that, show? yeah. Uh, what was the show? Well, let's see. It would have been um, 
yeah, it was technically would have been my second show. First show was a, like a TV taping for WWF also at the Cow oh, okay. Palace. But it was, yeah, the AWA. And it was uh, it was their tour where they were taking the the bunkhouse battle royals around the horn and uh, kind of the, the, the matches that I, that I kind of called out would be um, it was a six man with uh, Wahoo McDaniel, Greg Ganya and Ray Stevens against the original midnight express and Dick Slater. And uh, Stevens being the hometown legend, got the pop, took the, uh, went over, uh, got the pin uh, and as far as I could tell, I haven't done any follow-up research on it. That may have been Ray Stevens's uh, last match in the Cow Palace. And it was uh, after Super Clash too. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it may have been. It may have been. Right. I am looking through the legendary Clawmaster's results. Uh, rest in peace, Clawmaster. <laughs> this gentleman put together just the the match results of all match results. Uh, I mean, I'm going oh. through. Through AWA here, I'm seven. Yeah, um, I'm looking for it. I'm looking, I'm going to get there. I just searched Wahoo. Right, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to recall how much how much longer Ray Stevens uh, booked with Wahoo in the AWA, and how much longer he was active. Because uh, I mean, I know he did that all. I- Mm-hmm. I know he he did a couple shots for uh, that scumbag that we're not going to mention up in Minnesota. Um, oh, I'm I'm, I'm pretty yes. sure he did. Um, okay, just indie stuff. Uh huh. You know what? Well, I'm getting close. That's when they started. They did the street fight battle royals. No, that's '87. Yeah. So it was around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say November '87 was uh, what you had flagged. So, but it was uh, Kurt Hennig was uh, AWA champion. Uh, he defended against DJ Peterson. Oh, uh, DJ was rough. Uh, he was rough. Well, good tag guy, but <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, yeah. The the cupboards were nigh well bare for Vern <laughs> at that I point. Got it. November November twenty first, nineteen eighty seven. That's it. Yep. Yay! I found it. I found it. I found it. I found it. <laughs> I'm a numbers geek. I, I I love results. Results are the greatest. I love oh, yeah, results. You know, I, I, it's something I never considered as a wrestling fan, but then, you know, going online and seeing people who are, yeah, guys like Jim Zordani who um, have compiled all this information, or like uh, the guys at the Mid Atlantic Gateway. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it's just interesting just to take that sort of 30,000 foot view of, you know, who was in, in a particular territory or circuit at a given time and kind of seeing where they progress going up and down the card. So, yeah, yeah, the AWA, it was, uh, was at that time it was a gay show, but it was just attendance was. Uh, it was horrendous. <laughs> but we did have the original Midnight Express. You know, there yeah. were bright spots, few and far between. Mm-hmm. The TVs were still rough, uh, promos were rough, 
but you know what? We there there was still good stuff from time to time, and you know that that but that was actually the AWA product even before yeah. you know the expansion. Um, you know you would right. get kind of rough TV matches and, and a great main event sometimes, or you know the promos were great. Um, I mean Brian Last actually mentioned that during the Oakland uh, episode of the 605 about the promos, and it's not so much the matches. Yeah. And you know, it's good stuff. Yeah, but, you um, can only see Tom Rocky Stone and and Rooster Griffin and Nacho Barrera x number of times. Hey, you know what? Na- Nacho Barrera uh, is on Facebook. Oh, is he? Yeah, you got to get Brian cool. to book him. You got to have TB TGBL uh, book him funny. on the on the the six oh five, so he can talk I about know, getting killed a- by the Road Warriors. Oh my God! Put the APB out for him and Jake Milliman. <laughs> I loved Jake Milliman. He was the everyday oh, yeah. guy. He oh man, you know you know what's funny is that I'm built like him. I'm just like five eight, five nine. Right. I became Jake Milliman. Yeah. <laughs> Life goals, right? Right, right. But I mean that. <laughs> oh well, that rat tail and that hillbilly beard. And you know, put that, put you know, match that up with his general fireplug physique, as just like, oh man, he is, no, he is custom made for, uh, being, you know, being, kind of knocked over, almost like a weeble, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he. Imagine if they did like a Horowitz wins type with him. Oh no doubt, I know it. Was, uh, yeah, it was just kind of weird at the end with the team challenge series where he oh the battle you know, get, well. get gets the the fluky wins and the yeah grabbing the raw turkey off the pole and yeah and uh, having the heat with i forget if he was on De Beers's team or Zabisco but it was with was De Beers. yeah okay yeah yeah i wasn't <laughs> really watching too closely by that point oh i was watching i just wasn't watching this the the standings well, I know. Please, that's you need the forget Rosetta Stone to figure out that scoring system. I mean, even the Mayans couldn't figure that shit out. You know, I mean, right? Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They have my trouble wrapping a brain around wrapping my brain around like uh, you know tournaments like uh, you know the New Japan and All Japan tournaments. With a point system, the round robin deal. Yeah. I, but then, you know, take that and completely work it <laughs> like you did with AWA. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I, 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 I do wish I had caught on to the AWA earlier. I didn't, I didn't start watching it till summer of 84. See, I would have been very interested to, to have seen kind of the, the, the special promos and the interviews because you had Pat Patterson, who was coming in from New York, and Ray Stevens, who was coming in from wherever he was at the time, be it uh, the Carolinas or New York. Uh, it was Florida. fresh up New York. He did the he did the 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 program with Snuka and Albano, and yep. then uh, he came back here. But yeah, so that was that was right. in uh, mid eighty three. So he came back here. Yeah. Okay. I know that, yeah. It's, it's interesting how it overlaps when you look at it from the uh, the end of the Shire promotion. Um, you had the 
the last uh, the last battle royal, end of January '81, and I don't know if Stevens was there. Patterson won the battle royal, but I think was it two weeks before that 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 uh, AWA had their first show at, at Oakland, and uh, the Blom Bombers were were teamed up there. I think. I forget if that first that first car they were up against the East West Connection. I know they, uh, you know, faced them later on, but yeah, it was just kind of interesting. And then by that time, uh, Shire was just Florida, you know, with a a few, I guess, local talent here and there, like maybe George Wells or whoever. Oh. Oh, barf, man. I don't think I've ever seen a good match with George Wells. Oh, so bad. He was so um, bad, Lou. I mean, oh, the Mid-South stuff is so bad, too. When Watts tried to make him the next Junkyard Dog, I'm like, oh, dude, no. No, no. Well, you can't. Put him in a possible spot like that to begin with, and then, yeah. Uh, but hey, yeah, he had a WrestleMania match and I didn't. So that's very <laughs> <Yeah>. true. <laughs> very, very true. Doing the and the show you're talking about was January fifteenth, nineteen eighty one, at Oakland Coliseum. Blackwell won the Battle Royal. Patterson beat Adonis and Ventura. And oh, they brought in Andre, hmm. who pinned Blackwell. Oh right. Okay. Because I think, yeah, I want I want to say that AWA did at least two battle royals in Oakland that year. Like they like they did one later in like June or July, and that was when uh, the and that Hogan that may have been his first appearance uh, locally in the Bay Area. So yeah, yeah, it's just interesting to see Patterson was on the AWA card. And also Ole Anderson, which was just a real random thing. I would love to have seen that. Jerry Monty, the up-and-coming superstar. Yes. Ah, yes, the pride of the the Bay Area. But, um, yeah, Ole Anderson, who, as far as I know, hadn't been in the AWA since, like, 67 or 68. I don't even think it was Anderson. Rock Rogowski, yeah. Yeah. And then, Jeez. you know, I don't know, because I know that he got his way um, onto some of the, la- the latter Shire cards when the Florida guys were coming in. Mm-hmm. But and then and then somehow he found his way onto the uh, Vern's card. So. <laughs> oh, it's just put myself back in the, uh, the mindset of the young Mark. <laughs> it would have blown my mind. Imagine trying to be a smart fan at that time. Oh, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cuz I mean, um, cuz I think I think Dave Meltzer didn't didn't really start up uh my started mm. his first stab it, at the observer it was observer, more, it, he, it was more he, result based as opposed to news. Yeah. Oh, um, Brian. Was it the California Wrestling Report? Something like that. But The Observer, I guess, started in 83. So uh-huh. but I, I forget his timeline. But 
Well, we're not talking. We're not talking about Dave here. Never mind that guy. Actually, you know what? I'm I'm on the pro Dave bandwagon. I love Dave. I've, I've known him for Jesus. Fuck. What is it? 2019. Jesus. Almost 30 years. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. It's... I I know. I remember. Um, God, back in the back in the 80s, they um, back when KCBS was they they had. Uh, talk shows as well as news and every so often they'd have Meltzer on and people would call in to ask him questions was that Barr? I remember getting I don't know if um, if Barr was uh, involved at all with KCBS I, I want to say maybe he was KSFO yeah he was but KSFO. Before he, yeah he was yeah, before Jeez, now, he, now uh, we're aging ourselves on network. Yeah. <laughs> now we're aging ourselves I I know, yeah, you know, back back when I'd listen to the dulcet tones of Don Sherwood in the morning, yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> now, John Don Sherwood was a legend. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. But, yeah, listening to um, the, the melt on that on the radio, and, uh, yeah, I've never, you know, I've always found his, his work to be, really uh you know good and thorough you know of, of course people talk about the the obits he does and i got the the first tributes book that came out mm-hmm. and was, you don't have you the know, second one the second one's really good too yeah i don't have that i picked up the first one from like the high spots merch table um at the that that one ill-fated wrestling convention at Ooh. the cow palace back about 10 I'm years glad ago i didn't go I would have killed Lano. <laughs> I would have murdered him. I know. Because I, him and I go back. Yeah, I, so. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> How far back do you go with the good doctor? Uh, I met him in 97? Six? 96? Uh-huh. I think it was. 97. Yeah. No, it was 97. It was APW. Okay. Was, was when I met him. Ah. Oh. So, yeah. Okay. Way back. Oh, but we're we're yeah. we're not we're not going to go become negative Nillies talking about that fat ass clown that blocks people's views. But ah <laughs> uh, well, hey. Okay, uh, you know what? What the hell? The thing is, it, it this takes guy shoots. In the, he he yeah. shoots at indie shows, right? And these people that are sitting in the front row that pay a good amount of money to sit in the front row, his fat ass blocks their view. And I can right. understand why they're upset. And Kevin Maffey, oh, sh- Kevin Maffey uh-huh. out there in in Pacifica, I know you're listening to the stream. This one's for you and Mr. Counts, the Front Row Mafia, uh, thinking about you guys. And uh, I'll see you guys on Saturday. But it, it, it's it's a running gag with all these guys because, you know, Lano just blocks people. Uh, you know, we, we call him uh, the Wall of Lano. Yeah, I yeah, I think I referred to him as the human watermark. Know that too. <laughs> Blocking, <Yeah. laughs> almost. You know, but you know, watermarks are usually translucent, <laughs> semi-opaque. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Doctor Leno is <laughs> fully opaque. <laughs> the funny thing is, I actually have a picture of myself and him, where I'm wearing a 605 shirt and he's pointing to it. Oh and right! Before, I think I... kind of before he got the Iggy about 
you know, him getting uh-huh. buried buried alive by by Brian Last. So uh-huh. it, it's quite the funny picture. I'm going to have to change my profile picture to that. So we'll leave that. Never mind the, the T-shirt design for for the podcast that you're currently on. You know, I, it's okay. I don't need to sell shirts. I, I just will put a picture of Lano up. I don't need to sell T-shirts. But, <laughs> oh no, everybody appreciates the hustle. Got to got to sell the merch. Yeah, there it is. So, okay, the, the the burning question: How in the hell did you get in bed with uh, the Arcadium Vanguard Network? How did how did you get in bed with Brian? I, I have to know. But if you if you want to play the kayfabe card, by all means, <laughs> I won't be offended. I'm not talented enough to kayfabe, so um, <laughs> I'll tell you. Honestly, it was just like. Um, I don't know. It's just something that I think back on it just a, a few months ago, and it's um, totally amazing. It was stumbling into, um, and you were a part of it too, the, the call-in trivia contest on the 605. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, and you had, damn you, you had, you had won the uh, Death of the Territories book before I could get my when I'm done, well, I'll give I wouldn't it to have you. got. Oh, no worries. I mean, I wouldn't have gotten it anyway if it was available because I, because I had a brain fart on the, you know, what was the match before the main event in WrestleMania three, but I, I just got on there and I just sort of, um, shot the bull with uh, with TGBL and with Howard Baum. And, you know, because I think I had um, TGBL, I hadn't really made direct contact with Howard. I, I was a little more familiar with a little more uh, friendly with on uh, the mothership board and stuff like that. So I, so I think he 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 had it. He had his stuff kind of teed up for me, which made it really, really easy to make an impression I got on there and Howard started doing this and he, he hadn't, he, he didn't tell Brian in advance about it. The, the Jew or not a Jew, uh, wrestling trivia game. (laughs) And it it just kind of like went like that. And, um, yeah, it was hilarious. And then from that, even though I bombed out on the trivia, uh, they kept me on the line for the duration of that segment. So I go from, you know, just somebody who's strictly uh, a fan and a listener um, to, you know, somebody who was just hanging on uh, content-wise, you know, who who got who stumbled into that. And then once that aired, uh, I was... Honestly, really, really shocked by the amount of attention and positive attention I got from uh, the the citizens uh, of the mothership. So, so that um, Brian reached out to me and said, "Hey, I want you to. Uh, would you mind coming on the coming on a future episode and?" doing something he he had originally pitched it as just a short little segment uh just a short little interstitial thing um 
between interviews. And I'm like, totally, I'd love to. And I had, um, I, I had told him, uh, because I'm, uh, I, w- I wouldn't call myself an audiophile, but I, I'll, I'll call myself an aspiring broadcaster in that I've, uh, I've had a, a pro mic set up and I haven't really done anything with it for a number of years. But I said, okay, I, I got this mic. Uh, you can patch me in the way you patch me in, the way you record the show. And I, I think Brian noticed that. Um, and then from there, uh, what was originally supposed to be an, inter- an interstitial segment became um, part one of Pandemonium Theater, where we were just reading verbatim, just all like a table read, like a combination of a table read and a Mystery Science Theater 3000 gimmick, um, the, the first draft of the Vince McMahon biopic called Pandemonium Inc. And I, I got it's to do bad. like... The, I read it. It's bad. Oh, oh, oh it's bad. It is, oh, it is the Outback Steakhouse blooming onion of bad. It's just layers and layers of of complete ineptitude and, and, and outright fictions and, <laughs> and, and just really faulty storytelling uh, by the guy who, whose like big screen credit was the, um, the script for Disney's underdog movie, which was live action with a CGI dog and like, I guess really had no very little, um, you know, took in very little of the uh, Wally Cox voice character from the TV show. So, you know, that's the, 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 that's the scribe we're working with. So it was just getting on there and had me in the role as like the narrator doing the, um, what they call the screenplay, um, like kind of the action lines and the parentheticals and, you know, interior uh, DC national arena day. And then, and lucky for me, Mr. Craig A. Williams, the writer crafted all this off camera stuff uh, as very kind of cheesy, melodramatic, like faux um, alpha dog which is exactly how he builds up the, the character of Vince McMahon. And so, yeah, so I got to do that, had a blast with it. It was me and Brian as, as Vince McMahon and Howard Baum uh, doing uh, <laughs> Vincent James McMahon and a couple other characters. And that, that first episode um, got a really good positive response. And, uh, you know, there were a couple of people who were like, nah, I just can't hang with it. And that's fine. Every, you know, you don't expect, uh, you know, you don't expect it to be like Mo Rivera, unanimous support. Uh, so, yeah. So, and then from there, after we did that, um, Brian said to me, okay, I'd like you to come back. And then he said, well, you got the mic, you got the whole setup. Uh, I'm just curious. 
what's your story? What are you doing? And essentially I told him I'm, um, I'm just a dude who's, uh, tried to kind of find a spot in broadcasting or podcasting, uh, be it behind the, uh, behind the scenes or behind the mic, uh, as a podcast producer or on air talent or whatever. And, you know, he said, because with uh, all the shows on the Arcadian Vanguard network, there are, I want to say, six, uh, six individual shows. And then you have kind of two adjacent shows uh, with Jim Cornette, which are technically their own thing, because, you know, Jim's Jim's got his own deal. Um, So... So, you know, Brian being um, kind of swamped and also being uh, having a uh, the father of a of a small child, he's he's just coming. been kind of. Oh, actually, I don't know if there's another one coming. The, uh, I don't know. Didn't the they just have that, one? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I can't keep up with his puppies. Uh, I mean, come on. Yeah. Yes, the paper, the latest addition to the family is... I it would be one thing if I saw what she looks like, then, then it would be kind of different. Right. Just saying. Right. I would be more emotionally invested if I knew what the paper bag is us and looked like. I'm just saying. Well, you know, it's a... Uh, pro, pro, pro wrestling fandom is a strange, insular world, and I don't blame anybody for, uh, uh, you know, for kind of kayfabing. Kayfabing their life, so to the general public. So, yeah. So you know, he said, "Would you be interested in helping out on a couple of things?" And then from there, that led to uh, me taking over the uh, the recording and the editing and post production of two of the Arcadian Vanguard shows. Um, breaking kayfabe with uh, Jeff Baldrin and Barry Rose, and stick to wrestling with John McAdam and Sean Goodwin. So it's I, it, I don't know. You call it serendipity, call it fortune, call it um, being in the right place at the right time, call it um, being lucky that I had my A game when I was calling into the trivia contest. <laughs> But that it, it all kind of came in rapid succession, so um, I'm enjoying it. I, I'm having a blast uh, recording the shows. I'm continuing with uh, Pandemonium Theater, uh, which should be coming up uh, not with the next 605, but with the one following. Um, and just yeah, kind of being out there and. Uh, being with a part of the mothership and I don't know, just getting all these <laughs> new friend requests. I, I, I am the fattest, ugliest bell of the ball right about now. So whatever I'm, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't I, matter. I, I'm thoroughly <laughs> enjoying it. Uh, and, and then I uh, got the invite from you to, uh, to come on here. And I think I, 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 truly appreciate the angle the angle you take to uh to get out there and and beat the drum and publicize for uh 
uh, for the you know indie shows in Northern California and and wherever else you know falls under your gaze. So well, the the thing is, there's there's a lack of um, lower independent coverage by Meltzer, and it's to the right. point where it's insulting for those of us that live here in his area. So I do what I do, and it is what it is. And, you know, I, I send him results. I, I, I've i given up on pretty much sending him links to shows because sometimes they won't put them on in the updates and whatever. You know, unless I have a, a big, uh, a bigger guest, like uh, Jake Atlas, uh, who was on the uh, uh-huh. the uh, um, uh, undercover boss with Stephanie McMahon, the, the, the homosexual uh, pro wrestler that came out on the TV show. That was a big deal when uh-huh. he was on the show. Uh, so I got, you know, some pub for that. And, you know, it's it's... I do it because I am independent at heart, and I always have been, and I see where these guys and girls are out there trying to, you know, get to whatever they want to as far as their career. Um, it's not just WWE. There's, it's all over the world. Wherever you want to go, I will help you. I'll do the best I can. I will promote you. And I, I'll tell you, I pride myself on being Switzerland. I don't care. I will plug anybody. Just don't ask mm-hmm. to sponsor me if you are a pro wrestling company. I will not accept your money. And I learned mm-hmm. that the hard way. I hurt someone's feelings years ago, but I I figured that out. Um, the sponsors I have are, are, are not not paying sponsors. They're the people that distribute my T-shirts and the people that have designed the T-shirts. That's what it is. I pay for this out of my own pocket. I do it for the love of the business. Um, I have mm-hmm. friends that run companies out here, and it's all about everybody – getting up to that next level and everybody getting theirs and I will eventually get mine, but that's cool. I'm yeah. in no hurry. I, I, I'm, I've done almost 190 shows total and I love cool. it to death. I feel it's what I was, what I was put here to do. Um, when I was in junior high school, when I was in eighth grade, we did a, a personality test where you answer certain questions and it'll kick out what your ideal occupations were. And mine were bartender and my wife won't let me. Okay, because I'm a natural flirt, so she won't let me because she knows I'd be bringing yeah, – whatever. That's different. Or a radio show host. And I'm not a yeah. college guy. I never have been. Never wanted uh-huh. to really sit in a classroom. So, But eventually when this podcast thing came, I was like, oh, there it is. And I kind of get the same feeling with you, Lou, is that you are getting to the point where you are where you want to be. Am I right? I'm getting there. That, I think that's I, what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, some of us it just yeah. happens later in life. But if you have if you right. have the pipes, uh, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, and then the pipes can only get you so far. Um, and I think you know, and that's uh, that's uh, that's a whole other story with uh, busting into voiceover and the and the various facets therein. I'm going to uh, try to rededicate myself to that. But, um, you know, but for sure, this is, it, it's it's interesting. My wife, um, who's been really supportive of kind of my, my midlife kind of swimming about trying to, trying to latch on to a, to a new career. Uh, up until four years ago, I was in tech. I was a uh, web developer, a front-end designer, and then 
uh, yeah, I got I got cut loose. And then it's, you know, a whole lot of other things uh, you know, happened around the same time. And I won't bore you with the gory details, but um, it's, uh, yeah, discovering or rediscovering yourself is an arduous process. And but you, you I, have landed I, on the mothership, so you're fine. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're in good hands with, with TGBL. Uh, he is extremely loyal. To actually to a yeah. T, don't fuck him. If you fuck him, you're done. Just don't right. go wrong. He's yep. and he's very transparent about it too. He's Brian's a good dude, and you could tell. You know, he's a family man, and he he you can't knock his hustle either. Um, I oh. do give him shit for not putting out episodes fast enough, but that's 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 me fucking with him because I sit in an office nine hours a day on Saturday and Sunday, and as much audio mm-hmm. as I can get to get me through that day. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Plus, I love the show. I, I love the 605. It's, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing organism. It, it, it's, it's alive. Oh, sure. It's, it's, it's a real living thing. And yeah, um, it's also cool that you get to work with one of our national treasures, John McAdam, uh, especially <laughs> for me, because I'm a tape yeah. trading guy. I'm old school. Right. I mean, I've dealt with John mm-hmm. before. You know. Uh, with tapes and stuff, so you know it's 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 interesting to hear him be, just because of his his library is it's it's amazing, and he had write ups for every tape that he would slide into the tape uh, jacket, mm. and I, I'm you know uh-huh. some of that has surfaced recently. I'm, I'm I'm hoping we can find more, just because it was so much fun. And uh, <laughs> on a side note, John has done some Exile on Bad Street work with Chris Zellner of Between the Sheets where they've actually oh, gone cool. through some of his best of compilation tapes and oh, which wow. were the tapes that I would get. So this wasn't just talking about a territory. They would run down a tape list and talk about the matches on the tape. This this yeah. is for us old school tape heads. And that, right. that was just so much so those were so cool. Uh I, I'm trying yeah. to get John to get more into the talking about some of the tape stuff. Uh but, you know, he's gotta please many yeah. different Masters and uh, I know. I, what I also find interesting is I I don't know if you had seen on YouTube. I guess John uh, was involved with the. He was a indie promoter for yes, a period in like the late eighties, early nineties, up in the in the Northeast. He's and the one that brought like, us Freight Train Wilcox. It's his fault. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I, I told you, bro. I'm an old school tape head, man. I, I seriously, uh, I mean, serious, serious old yeah. tape head. You know, mid nineties, early nineties, indies. You know, it was crazy. Yeah, but yeah, that, that yeah, stuff that's, on YouTube was cool. Yeah, that's the thing. I didn't really get in. I, I didn't really latch on to the tape trading subculture deal. I, you know. Um, I had gotten maybe a, a couple of tapes from um, the uh, the guy in Pennsylvania. Really? The, yeah. Uh, well, the yes, I'll pretend you said eighteen. Uh, yeah, video. And <laughs> yeah, he he actually had an outpost at a one of the malls in San Jose for a um, bit. Yeah, I, I remember. You know, I remember that. It was only a couple months yeah. though. Yeah. It was interesting, and I went down there and 
and picked up a few videos like the, uh, what did I get, the Tully Blanchard shoot, the uh, Terry Funk shoot and match compilation, and the Bruiser Brody and uh, Best of the Super Juniors from that, what was it, 93, 94? 94? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Pegasus Kid. Mm-hmm. It's just I have no idea who the... you're talking about, but... Ah, gotcha. So, I, you know, I'm, I, like I said earlier in the show with the past guest, I, Benoit was in my top five all time, then shit went down, and I still haven't been able to watch a match. And it's a shame. Because he was so, I'm, so, so good. But Yeah. And and you were mentioning that uh, the Eddie Guerrero and being mm-hmm. I I want to say I was probably at that at, at that same card at the at the Cow Palace as well where you, it was a, like a smackdown TV taping yeah exactly and it was it was at six man with Eddie and Piper and yep I forget who the third guy uh, was uh, it Batista or was it Taker mm, you know, it might it was have against been the Ortons. It was against. Oh wait, was it against the Ortons and Batista? But I remember shit went down backstage after that because of the whole Hep C oh, with, really? with Daddy Orton. Oh, with Orton. Well, let's yeah. see. So well, that's, that's the thing. I don't. Watch on that. Well, okay. Taker didn't I, want to work I, with I, him I, after that. He's like, I don't want to deal with this. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, because I I just remember the finish, which was Piper. Putting a good night, Irene on on Orton on Bob Orton. Yeah, yeah. Seeing him, and then uh, it was the kind of the completion of the uh, Booker T turn on Benoit, and uh, there there was a hell of a um, what was it a four way fatal four way or something? I just remember the Mexicals, and God, there was. Who else? Uh, JBL. Uh, just a just a lot. Of crazy the dark match was Ken Doan. Yeah. Who you know? I I I hadn't put together the you know two and two when he uh, when the Spirit Squad <laughs> made it up to the to the big show. Oh, the, well, the, well, the, the big see, promotion. I was getting OVW OVW tapes at the dark DVDs at the time, so I was aware oh, of nice. who they were. Oh, there you go. Well, let's see. That's you're you are a long time wired in <laughs> super fan. Well, okay. I just I, I enjoy pro wrestling when it's good. Lou, we're we're running out of time on the stream. Um, geez, mm-hmm. we went almost an hour. Uh, are you gassed? I'm not. I'm ready to go another half. <laughs> Yeah, do you want, should I do the five more minutes gimmick? Well, the the, the wife just gave me the go home sign. So, um, Lou, okay. it was a it was a pleasure having you on, um, having you come on down and talk to us little people. Um, I, I definitely oh, appreciate pleasure. you know all the work that that you've done so far. You know, with the with the six oh five, the the uh, the oh jeez, the kayfabe. I forget the name of the the damn segment with the theater. It's good stuff. And, oh, and Pandemonium I Theater. Pandemonium Theater, that's right. And I appreciate the work that you do uh, for McAdam and uh, uh, oh, that, that, that Bowden guy, um, whoever that guy is. But, um, yeah. yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, it was a fun discussion. I, I, we kind of 
get to get to know the man behind the mic, which was my whole point. <laughs> which is the whole Good. point because Brian's not going to have you on and you know and grill you. Honestly, he's not going to do that. So I figured I'd have well, you on. You... Let you know. Let, let mm-hmm. some of my some of my old timer friends here uh, kind of get an idea of what you've got going on, and you know, and and your mm-hmm. peers with us because you know you're, you're an old time San Francisco head. So I, like I said, I just wanted to have you on just to shoot the shit and kind of you know see where you're at, and you know, uh, hopefully it was a good discussion. Absolutely, have a lot of fun, man. I appreciate it. Uh, like I said, it was my pleasure. Hopefully we'll we'll bump into each other at a, some type of an indie event. Uh, they're all over. Um, yes, sir. You know, uh, yeah, if you want, I'll, I can... Uh, 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 uh-huh. I'll go right ahead, Lou. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll let you know. Uh, I'll let you oh, know when I'm... Uh, you'll know me. Yeah. I'm the loud, fat, bald guy. <laughs> oh, actually, okay. I'm the other yeah. bald, fat guy. That's loud. <laughs> but the, the, the first one's... I know, uh, not, not too larger. many of those at a wrestling show. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Actually, I'm a rare one. I'm actually going to have a woman with me on Saturday. Oh, good gravy! Yes, and my five-year-old <laughs> nephew gets to go yell at people, so that's cool. Awesome. Yeah, but Lou, um, if you if you want to plug your your Facebook and, and your Twitter, if you feel comfortable, if you 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 want to add to those friend requests, by all means, it's up to you. Awesome. So yeah, you can hit me up on Facebook. Last name is spelled K-I-P, as in Paul, I-L, M as in Mary, A-N. First name is L-O-U. I am Lou Kip, L-O-U-K-I-P, on Twitter. Uh, And that's where I post weekly links to both of the shows I produce. You can check out Breaking Kayfabe at Bowdren Pod. That's B-O-W-D-R-E-N pod dot com. And uh, Stick to Wrestling is at McAdampod. That's M-C-A-D-A-M-Pod.com. And check out all the, you know, the various and sundry uh, perspectives you'll find on the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. 605 Super Podcast, Ron Fuller Studcast, uh, the Mid-South Television Wrestling Review, which I've really been enjoying lately. Uh, and all the other good works. There's a lot of good stuff on that network. Um, there, you know, I, I had to stop uh, listening to the the Mid South just because I had to trim the fat. There, there was a point where I, I I can't put in earbuds when I'm home. My wife will kill me. So right. I had to draw a line. And and you know I'm sorry. I mean I've seen them all. I've seen all the episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I've seen the TV. So. But it, it's still yeah. a pretty cool, uh, cool idea that Brian and Mills are doing that. That's that's pretty neat. But uh, Lou, it's Definitely. been fun, uh, you know, getting to yes, know you sir. a little bit. You know, uh, uh, just uh, you know, find out the man behind the voice, and uh, it was definitely a pleasure of mine to have you on. And uh, hopefully, we will literally, yeah. literally bump into each other soon. Yes, sir. I yeah, I was taking notes from uh from the earlier hour. So, I'm yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to say I'm I'm uh, yeah, I'm pretty close. I'm in San Francisco, so I'm about 10 minutes away from um I think where APW does its shows the the mm-hmm. two couple of venues. And Hopskipping yeah, Hopskipping can... jump over the over the border and you're you're in Daily Shitty. So, indeed. I can say that I'm yes. born and raised, so 
I can get away with that. But Lou, I'm uh, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to be very rude. I'm going to cut you off right now, and uh, I will talk to you very soon. And thanks again for coming on. You bet. Feel better, man. All right. Thanks, Lou. Have a good one, brother. Okay, that was the newest producer of the Arcadian Vanguard Network podcast network, Mr. Lou Kibbleman. Um, I had no idea what I was going to get from actually any of my guests, Lou, uh, Mark, and Cindy. Um, we were going uh, past the stream. So let's uh, get out some plugs for tonight. Let's see. Our T-shirts are at tinyurl.com backslash awrt. E-E, show archives, tinyurl.com backslash altwradio. And I will be in the house this Saturday in Pacifica for Gold Rush Pro Wrestling's 8th Annual Band Slam event. Uh, Come on out. It's going to be a really good show. Uh, You can get information on that. And uh, you can find Gold Rush Pro Wrestling on Facebook. Uh, If you have any questions, just hit me up. Um, And we will be back in two weeks. I actually have this ahead of time. Uh, we will have uh, the feature attraction Scoot Robertson in the first segment. In the, sexi- in the second segment, we'll have the man with the sexiest mustache in all of NorCal, Patrick Fitzpatrick. And in the main event, we'll have returning guest Fallen Flower, Kikio, um, all this and you know a bunch of other wacky stuff. Uh, you can keep your eyes out for that to be posted. Uh, download link will be up soon. Um, also, thanks to our sponsors, brownbutterwrestling.com and Joseph DeFalco the Third Studios, at JD3Studio, and Killjoy Designs on Facebook, at Killjoy Designs, or on Twitter, at Killjoy Designs. You know what, I got that wrong. On Facebook, it's Joe, at Joe Killjoy Designs. And on Twitter, it's at Killjoy Designs. Uh, that should do it from here, guys. Uh, remember, support your indies. Don't give Vince your money. Fuck that guy. Support your indies. And uh, once again, Gus Parsons, you can fuck a goat.